Hello, this is the audio-only version of the Council on Future Conflicts. If you prefer video, please join us on the Future Conflicts channel on YouTube. If you'd like to watch the show live and participate in the chat, the show begins at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as a special Saturday evening show at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing our show with friends, and reviewing us on your podcasting app of choice. Now on with the show. Hey, welcome to uh, yet another uh, glorious episode of the People's Republic of the Council on Future Conflict. Uh, today, I'm joined with two of my uh, great council members, um, you know, and definitely uh, things are heating up. So we're looking at day three of the um, war, the Ukraine war. I guess that's what we're calling it. I don't know, you know. It's definitely a war. It's not a policing operation like uh, old Vladimir would like us to think it is. Um, it's not a denazification campaign. Um, it's a war, right? And it's the closest thing to World War II that we've seen in Europe since, you know, 45. Um, you know, because even the stuff that we saw in Bosnia and whatnot was still fairly irregular. It wasn't nearly as organized and, you know, uh, and deliberate uh, and and resourced as 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 heavily as what we're seeing here, right now. That being said, <laughs> deliberate. You know, you know, I don't know. It, just because something's deliberate doesn't mean it's necessarily successful. So that's one of the things we're going to focus on here today. Uh, so let me just kind of catch everybody up. Uh, so real quick, uh, it, you know, if you're new, I know the, we've we've gotten a lot of new followers uh, in the last few days. And, um, you know, we've picked up some folks from uh, our, some of the appearances we did on either Ford Observer or Legal Mindsets. Um, and I have actually invited, uh, uh, you know, Legal Mindset to come on in here and, and you know, just say hello and, and, and kind of talk this from the standpoint of a, a, a smart guy who's not an expert in this stuff. Um, so he might be able to drop in in a little bit, but. Uh, ultimately, uh, I want to, you know, just kind of introduce ourselves. So um, real quick, this is the Writers Fix Problem channel. We started out as a kind of a group, a panel of writers, and we would talk about writing stuff. Um, but we all kind of focused, our, our books all kind of focused on struggle. And, you know, several of us had military backgrounds or emergency preparedness backgrounds or both uh, in some cases. And um, all our stories kind of went that direction and we were all very interested in um, conflict in the world. And, and as the conflict in the world started getting ratcheted up, uh, I don't know, three months ago or so we found ourselves, you know, writing, you know, we'll talk about the writing thing. And then all of a sudden we'd talk uh, about, you know, what, what's going on in, uh, in, in Europe or what's going on with China or what's going on with North Korea you know, these kind of hot spots. And, and we came at it from the standpoint of, well, what do we, you know, writers are essentially analysts, right? They analyze uh, uh, the world and then they write a story about to explain why it is. And they use characterization and storytelling and just, you know, downright entertainment uh, to convey some of these complex ideas that we see every day in the news. So as the as things started heating up, especially with Russia and Ukraine, and then also Kazakhstan was another. Uh, we 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 decided, hey, we're going to formalize this group, and we're going to bring some other folks in 
Uh, and uh, Mike, you were one of the original members of the of the kind of writing group. And Ron, you were uh, gracious enough to kind of come in once we started to broaden our focus a little bit. Um, and the cool thing about our group is that it naturally complemented itself. We had different types of expertise, um, different types of people with different focuses. Um, and so it was a real good just kind of discussion. And so that's what we've been building on. And uh, I want to, if you're here, if you're one of our regulars in the chat, I want to say thank you because, you know, it's, it's, it's you guys that make this, uh, make this thing work. So, uh, okay. So real quick, before we ju jump into Ukraine, I'll, let's say, hey, to the chat. Um, uh, Corgi's here. Good to see you, man. Billy Bob. Hello. Uh, Sapper Spy. Hey, I want to thanks for, say thanks for your help uh, with the whole forward observer thing. Um, you know, uh, that was a good time. And, and me and Ron had a great time, but his internet definitely, uh, you know, was not having a, an awesome time. Hey, and if you guys haven't seen it, check out uh, Forward Observer. They've got a great program. Uh, give them a sub. They do, I think, daily shows. Um, and uh, they have a, a kind of a, a paywall for more kind of in-depth conversation. Um, but, you know, no paywall here. Uh, we'll give it to you for free. We're, we're cheap dates. So, uh Auntie Kami, I'm here for Joe. Yeah, we're waiting for Joe to show up. Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's disposed right now, so uh, his attendance is uh, is not certain at this point. Um, Mark Thomas, uh, let's see who 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 is this Joe? Yes, sometimes you know it was sometimes we get busy and we got to unplug from the internet. You know, the real world does happen, guys. Um, there's our friend Jamie, Bionic B. She's been a su super helpful with the OSINT stuff. And, uh, you know, she was all over the, the, the traffic cameras. But unfortunately, Jamie, I don't know if you've noticed that the, they all seem to be disappearing. So clearly the Russians are on to us. Uh, probably they, they will now be hacking you at any moment. Probably in 30 seconds. That's right. Uh, speaking of 30 seconds, we have a airborne related story of, uh, to 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 convey tonight. So we'll be talking about that. Um, Cheryl meme is here. Uh, always uh, glad to see you in the chat. Thanks so much. Um, let's see. Um, I promise not to make any sequel jokes yet. Mark, where are you? Are you out there, Mark? Um, I don't have, I have my glass, my tall glass of water uh, as it's still nine, 12 in the morning where I'm at, but uh you were already talking sequels. So, uh, Alex, it's good to see you. I know we talked about maybe getting Alex on to give us some cultural stuff. Alex, if, if you're available, hit me up and uh, let me know and I'll send you the link. Um, you know, I would I would be interested in hearing some of your insights on uh, what the, just the point of view of uh, regular uh, Ukrainians are and, and all that kind of stuff. Um Let's see. Right. Yes. I just wanted to get the first sequel joke in. Yes. Right. But I didn't show your thing and I told a sequel joke without you. So I got the first sequel. It's my show, my sequel jokes. Uh, let's see. Couple. Yeah, we got just a little late start. We want to make sure all of our ducks were straight and hopefully and see if like I, if like Joe was going to be able to show up before we went live. Um, all right. Sup, folks. I see you, Jake. Michael Campbell's here. All right, I think we pretty much, I'm sorry, pretty much everybody here. Uh, oh, 
Blake, so you guys, you found us on tweet. Thanks for the game. Hey, it, it's our pleasure, man. And um, so let's talk real quick before we dive into it. Uh, please, if you're new to the channel, uh, subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Uh, we've been like, this is not our normal show. This is a Friday night show. This is because there's just so much to talk about. We will be doing our normal net, uh, uh, show, uh, Saturday night show, 7 uh, p.m. EST. That's our kind of normal time slot. Uh, we will be doing that. That's probably one of the reasons why uh, not as many folks could come because um, we're not. Uh, we're not scheduled in on this one. I, I kind of called an audible last night or well, last night, my time or early this morning for these guys. So I appreciate both Ron and Mike being able to come here. Anyway, make sure you're subscribed to the channel um, right in our in our names. You can see here our Twitter handles. If you're not following us on Twitter, make sure you do um, a lot of great information that we just kind of share throughout the days um, in no dust. So. Oh, I, you know what? I'm going to send him the link. I was actually thinking I was going to bring him on tomorrow, but because um, I didn't think he was available today. But uh, let me send Dustin the link real quick. All right. Um, okay. So we're looking at a map of Ukraine. What is this map? What is surprising, guys, about this map to you? What if. if it, let, let me one more thing. If I had to, if I showed you this map on day one, saying this is where we're going to be on day three, would you have believed it? I'd, I'd say no. We we talked about it just a little bit in the in the pre-show, and I'm even looking at Fox News. Um, U.S. defense official reveals how Russian invasion is not going as expected, you know, and that's kind of relative. But the point is. The red, the red dots on the map, really, uh, you know, the two of the, the, the southernmost, uh, and the one to the far right. Um, there's not a great deal of expansion. That's where they were essentially before, anyway. Um, so it, it's not very impressive. That's that's just the 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 general idea of of, of a blitzkrieg war. They really do not appear to have uh, advanced very far. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, yeah. So I get to be the contrarian, huh? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so the, um, the, the Donbass region and then of course the Crimea were, we're already under Russian military mm -hmm. occupation for the lack of a better word. Um, I, I think that maybe our expectations were colored by our, 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 preconceived notions of, of Russian military prowess. Um, you know, you mentioned the word Mike Blitzkrieg. Uh, we were thinking they were going to, this was, this was going to, you know, they, this whole country would be red pink by, by then. So it's, um, you know, let's, let's remember that, you know, uh, during operation Iraqi freedom, it, it took us approximately three weeks to get from, from the line of departure in Kuwait and, and Saudi uh, up to Baghdad. And, you know, the, it took the Germans six weeks uh, to uh, to conquer France, including the the Dunkirk break. So, uh, and Ukraine's a big big place. It's the size of Texas. So there's 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 a lot of you know, considerations. And the thing, the other important point I would bring out, there's there's been the consistent reporting about the 60 operational maneuver combat battalions, whatever they're designating them this week. Um, we haven't really seen all of them employed yet. And 
I think they're still they're they're testing they're testing conditions. There um, there's probably some um, disagreements going on between the the Russian military and political leadership based on the amount of uh, physical damage and casualties they want to impose on on the Ukrainian populace. So it's it's going to be. Uh, I think if we do this in a week, God, I hope I'm wrong, but we will we will see a lot more red than we will white on this map. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I just just based on, like you said, kind of initial impressions and maybe some expectations. Uh, at least the uh, you know Crimea that there'd be a little more advanced. So it it, it you know maybe maybe and maybe that's the plan. It's it's a slow deliberate plod um you know the the most lightning strike if you will is the one going down to kiev and and, and maybe that is their main effort it's it's hard for us really to say uh um but but i guess i would just say it just you know generally speaking it, it's not really blowing my skirt up yeah yeah so no i i think and that's and, and I think this is going to be our theme for today, uh, if anything. Um, and so, real quick, I wanted to introduce Alex. So Alex is uh, Alex is in the chat uh, a lot. Hey man, Alex, how are you? You're, yeah, you're can Alex Two K. Yeah, I I can I can hear you. Uh, you're Alex A Two K in the chat. So like this yeah. is you right here. And so thanks for so having me, me on. So can you just introduce yourself and, and let me know what your connections to all this is? Oh, yeah, man. I, um, I'm i Alex. I used to be, uh, back when this whole thing started in 2014, 2015, before it kind of quieted down, I used to run like, um, you know, OSIN account on Twitter, basically collecting tweets off of Russian social media and Ukrainian social media of yeah. whatever was going down back in the day. But the war kind of ended, so I... You know, there wasn't anything to do afterwards during the ceasefire. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, like a lot of us, you 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 kind of dug deep into this and, um, you know, you've been Johnny on the spot in the chat with a lot of the the info. Um, I, yeah, I more so in the beginning. Uh, I've got work. Well, you know what I mean? I know. I, I yeah, I hear you. But with, yeah, I think that's the struggle for a lot of guys like uh, like me and you. It's like we've got this this thing in our lives that, that keeps pulling us towards it. But we have, uh, you know, um, we've just got so much going on. Uh, so it's hard to sure. kind of balance the two. Yeah. So give me your take. So this like I said, uh, you know, just kind of on the, you know, expectations, um, you know, level of analysis. Are we where you thought we would be, you know, and what do you think's missing? Sure. One thing I really want to say is that uh, the two presidential addresses were probably the only information that any Russian had gotten about what was about to take down, uh, take place. So after it was very clear from the beginning that this whole operation was set up like months before one major Russian politician had announced the date, the 22nd of February when, is when Russia is going to go in and liberate Ukraine. He announced that in December, the, in, on the 27th of December last year. So all of this is premeditated. And as everybody's speculating, the two presidential addresses were probably recorded at, at around the same time. Mm -hmm. So 
one thing that uh, basically now the, uh, the Russian po population, they're basically looking at this uh, war and kind of really scared. And I'm talking not just liberally orient oriented Russians. I'm talking about every single Russian is in a state of confusion as to why this operation isn't successful as they thought it would be or as they would have, I guess, expected it to be. One really weird, weird thing that's ha uh, just happened is that the, the Russian troops that have entered Ukraine, apparently they thought they were going to waltz in and um, they're going to basically face no resistance like it's a Crimea operation. Mm -hmm. One thing as well that might have happened that people are speculating about is that the troops were taught, told that they're basically going on a training operation, which is the standard protocol in uh, Russia and Donbass on like when you're being sent out to uh, some kind of active battlefield. Every, in Donbass, without question, if you interview any um, Russian, any troop that's, uh, any person that's participated in some kind of, a, you know, um, combat activity or whatever, they'll tell you that, oh yeah, our commanders told us we were going out on training and uh, that basically we ended up on a battlefield, you know, people started shooting us and that's only then did we realize we were not on training anymore. So it's kind of likely that, especially for the troops that got captured and shit, I really think that when they are saying that our commanders to told us that we were going on training, I, I really think that's legitimate because that's basically what the Russian army tells us, you know, like uh, troops that it's doing. I'm not super familiar with like uh, military command structure and all that. So like when I talk about this, you know, it's probably going to sound really a civvy civilian. Yeah. You guys will no, probably I... uh, tell me a lot, uh, be able to correct me on some of this what? stuff. You know what, what's what's interesting is that I I I I'm actually fifty fifty whether or not I'm actually fifty fifty on whether or not I I believe that that's what they think this is. You know, do they think not it's, all of them, uh, absolutely? But for it, it, some, maybe you know, in some areas, that's probably what's happened. You know, I mean. I can so I put myself in the position, uh, you know, Ron. Especially you, you know, with your family connections, you can absolutely put yourself in this position. Put yourself in the position of a, of even like a platoon leader, or the platoon leader's got to know. But you know, like an an E five team leader, you know, just finish. Uh, you know, green ramp and he's coming onto the bird and they're thinking they're going to do another training mission. Oh, we just have a lot of ammo for this when it's a live fire training mission. But <laughs> then they jump out into Ukraine, into combat. Yeah, it, it, it don't work that way. Um, I, I mean, they, they know. I mean, when they um, when my son's battalion deployed um, to Iraq on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago, I mean, they they what they were told was the U.S. embassy in Baghdad is is under siege from Iranian and, you know, indigenous hostile Iraqi forces. And I mean, they were they, they spent their time waiting in the in the pack shed and mm -hmm. on the green ramp, uh, you know, load, loading their magazines and, you know, arguing with the Air Force loadmasters about, you know, we can carry one more Javelin missile. Come on, we can carry one more Carl Gustav. We can carry one more whatever. And um and 
it was, I mean, and they got, they got off, off the ground within their 18 hour time hack from, from alert to wheels up for the initial, initial bird. And, uh, they flew to, uh, Ramstein, uh, changed air crews. And of course the air force suddenly realized that there was a real world contingency going on. And, and, uh, Anyway, that's a whole nother story about you, you can't be on the airplane while we're while we're while we're refueling it. And they're saying, well, it's going to take a while to get everybody off and then get everybody back on. And that's going to delay us another hour. And they were acting again on the intelligence or the, what they've been told that the embassy was, you know, it was, you know, they were basically you know, in the in the hard rooms of the, of the embassy fighting, you know, tooth and nail against the Iranians. Um, they get to Kuwait and. Uh, Kuwait guys tell them just to rack out and everything like that. They finally had to go, uh, uh, for all intents and purposes, commandeer two C-130s in the air crews to uh, fly them into uh, into um, the, the nearest airfield that had U.S. presence uh, closest to Baghdad. And that's when they finally got the straight skinny that it was all, it was all right. But they uh, they set up a, a hasty air assault plan in, ca- in case they needed to go to the embassy compound. But the point is, mm-hmm. Scott, that, you know, you know, our guys do know because they're, they're not going to, you know, they're, they're not going to do a training exercise and suddenly get live ammo that, that would, that would raise way too many questions. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's not the way the U S military operates. Yeah. To, um, it, it, it is quite possible, I guess, that these conscripts are ignorant of, you know, what's going on. Okay. Um, and that may be, uh, but but as far as explaining, you know what we're saying, at least uh, somewhat of a slowness of an advance. Uh, I think we, we we probably should attribute that perhaps to a very fierce defense of their country by the Ukrainians. I mean, just mm-hmm. as much as the ineptitude or slothful thinking or whatever of the Russians. Uh, you, you know, I mean that is a very very uh, good possibility that these guys are putting up a fight. I mean, I've, I've seen reports saying that and casualties on the Russian side. So, yeah. So maybe just a basic mis either misunderstanding or, or underestimation of the abilities and capabilities of the, of the Ukrainian army. So, you know, let's talk about that and then let's get into a couple uh, details. We'll, we'll talk off this map because I think this is a really good one. It's, it's, you know, it's basic, but at the same time, it really shows where, uh, where they are in, in the fight and, um, you know, how to, uh, how we can, you know, kind of, you know, see this, uh, battle shaping up. So clearly this is a, you know, multi-prong attack coming in from the South, coming in from the North, um, hitting them also from a, along the line of control uh, in the Donbass and then from the northeast in several locations, you know, points of penetration uh, in the northeast. So um, the, so real quick before, what the, the things that I want to kind of uh, focus on first is, is some of the perceived question marks by the Russian, uh, you know, forces, but also maybe missteps. Um, uh, and then, you know, and then I think also uh, contrast by stiff resistance at, at every, um, you know, whether it's, you know, good fighting on the ground experience, because Lord knows the Ukrainian army has got a lot of experience in the last seven years. Um, and, or, you know, just bad luck on the part of uh, of the Russians, right? So, um, 
So the first one I want to really talk about is, and this is the one that really jumped out at me on the first day, uh, first day, second day, right? Um, is the uh, the air assault on the uh, airport uh, of Hospital. So what I'm going to do real quick is um, I'm going to talk this a little bit, but I'm going to bring up my uh, my my Twitter uh, uh, thread uh, where I, I shared a lot of videos and whatnot. So it is essentially what happened was a uh, air assault was launched out of uh, um, out of uh, uh, Belarus um, south into Ukraine and uh, went to a uh, airfield slash suburb of Kiev, uh, approximately 20 kilometers uh, northwest of the city. And um, what they did, what they focused on was um, essentially uh, airfield seizure. You know, that's one of the that's one of the kind of bread and butter of guys like the Ranger Regiment uh, and whatnot. And um, the idea was that they were going to seize that airfield for follow on, um, you know, air, uh, air assault operations or airborne operations. Um, Okay, and so let's. Uh, I'm gonna kind of. I've got this shared over here, so let me kind of go do this. All right. Make sure it's sharing over here. Uh, now. All right. I. I Alex, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna mute you until uh, when you when you're ready to talk. Let me know. I, you, you just there's some noise in the background, so I just wanna. All right. Okay. So the, here's the tweets, right? So uh, this is a tweet from the 24th, um, and so this is Caucus War Report. This is another one of those great. So this is like one of the first ones I saw, um, which showed. Uh, um, this is the Hasamel airport area. And as you can see, you've got, these are all kind of low and slow. They probably got troops on them. Um, just the way they're kind of flying in formation. Uh, and they are essentially lining up to drop their, uh, payload off. And over here you can see, uh, you know, at the bottom, uh, you can see flares and, 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 and rockets being fired and whatnot. So uh, this is a this is what a deliberate air assault looks like, right? Um, and so this was this was kind of shocking to uh, I think a lot of us uh, to see them do this. Well, um, here is the here is the location of the air assault. It's the Anatov International Airport. Um, I kind of already told you where it is in relation to Kiev. The idea, I believe, is that they wanted to land uh, a, a, a follow-on airborne assault on this airfield. Um, and they were, they were, you know, that, that didn't happen. So, so what did happen? Well, we had, uh, here's some more, uh, footage. This is, this is, this is in the location of the, uh, of the airport. Well, that's loud. And so the, we had, uh, uh, MI, MI8s, that's what that is right there that just flew over. Those are troop troop carriers, but they also have rockets uh, on 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 pylons on the side. Um, we also saw uh, KA fifty twos get involved. That's a uh, 
that's kind of a light attack helicopter, um, kind of a little, maybe like a, a Apache minus type of platform. Uh, and so uh, that, you know, this is, this was, this was what was going on there. And so um, in and around the area, there were some Ukrainian troops. And so uh, as they were providing fire support, um, you had uh, you, these Ukrainian troops engaging uh, these helicopters. So this is a this is a video footage, and this may be hard to see, but uh, I can kind of you guys can see my cursor over the video, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to kind of focus. So focusing on this area here, you'll be able to see the kind of the pixels. Uh, let's, all right, I don't need to hear it. Okay, so this is a man pad hitting a, uh, right here, uh, that's a man pad hitting a, a KA-52, and you can kind of see the, the, the smoke trailing. Uh, and so, so that bird went down, and actually a second one went down at a, at a different location. So you can see it kind of setting down uh, over here. Uh, let's see, yeah. And then, and then the another, and then the other helicopter kind of flies off in this. Movie. It's kind of hard to see, but um, anyway, trust me, it's it's there. Um, and then so, uh, and later this video popped up. So this is, I I believe it's that same uh, helicopter that got shot down. And these are, you know, so the pilots uh, bugged out. Uh, once it went down, as you can see, there's damage from, you know, right here on the pylon. Um, and uh, it's a side by side kind of seated uh, uh, configuration. So this is this is like one of, you know, one of their most modern uh, uh, airframes. Um, so. Anyway, I, 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 I say all this because, you know, this operation, it seems, gen, you know, on the, on the surface of it, you know, it seems generally competent. The problem is, is they dropped off. Um, they, they essentially dropped off, uh, you know, um, a, a company of soldiers. Uh, and the thing that ended up happening was that, um, those soldiers got rolled up, you know, the, uh, um, the, you know, the, the Ukrainian forces counterattacked quickly, the, uh, follow on forces that were supposed to support them either didn't come or, uh, the delay was too long, uh, or maybe the counterattack happened so quickly or much quicker than they expected. Uh, and they were pushed off the airfield. And the battle knocked out the airfield. Uh, it became so cratered that it, it no longer um, would uh, support flight operations. Okay, that's kind of a that's kind of a long story. Does that make me a camp? See, I just see I just see, see random things in the chat like this, and it completely de derails me. Um, anyway, my point to this is that I mean, for an operation like this, you really need at least a battalion of guys. And so the Russians are almost half-hearted. They're either, they're either, they're either doing it half-heartedly or they absolutely overestimate their ability to, to take something like this on. 
Um, so I want to turn it over to you guys based on looking at those videos. And I know we've talked about this story in, in DMs and things like this. What's your what's your on, on this specific incident? What's your guys take on on what the heck went down there? Well, um, yeah, there, there there certainly could have been some panic involved. You know, they, they took fire, took a hit. And then that, you know, what's the, what's the, uh, you know, a plan is only as good as, you know, your first experience, you know, taking fire. Um, so, you know, maybe their plan went to shit with contact after contact and whoever the decision makers were on the ground just, just didn't rapidly assess what needed to be done, uh, and, and failed, you know, screwed the pooch. I mean, that's a possibility. Um, we know they've got an overwhelming uh, force uh, as far as what they've got stacked up. Why those forces haven't been committed, it's very hard to say. We don't have a lot of information. You know, you, 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 to me, I'm thinking there's a great deal more resistance than they anticipated. That's my thought. Yeah, I, I think or the, I think oh, the right resistance is more effective, perhaps. It's not a numbers thing. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a fierce fierceness of will thing that's that's turning the tide. It, it's not necessarily better equipment. It's these people are defending their homeland and they have dug in. I mean, that that's uh, I'm, I'm speculating 100 percent, but I mean, that would be my feeling. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think, I think there is an element of, of, they didn't understand what they were kind of getting into essentially. And then I think there's also an element of, you know, the, I think the Ukrainians just have been on their game, uh, in a lot of these, uh, you know, kind of rapid response situations. And then, you know, there's something to be said for defending your homeland. Right. Um, so, so that's one of those kind of things that, you know, that I want to bring up as a, as a general theme going forward. I think we're seeing resolve on the uh, Ukrainians part uh, that definitely um, didn't. I don't think I don't know that the Russians anticipated that, you know, I, I mean, I guess uh, the, the, other, the other thing I've seen reporting um, uh, again, kind of this could be competence. I, I don't know, but uh not a whole hell of a lot of preparation with artillery you know so i mean rather than carpet bombing the hell out of something and then rolling over on top of it um so so there could be some synchronization problems there that they haven't worked out uh you know it, it's it's not quite what i would have envisioned and i think you mentioned it earlier scott you know the doctrinal approach yeah. of combined arms stuff you know whether it's soviet or you know ours um some you know it just could be little things we don't know you know the communications networks are maybe they're being jammed you know who knows we don't really know what is causing disruptions to their operations but we are kind of seeing what we would judge as a fairly slow pace of of advance right um, what, one other piece of video I wanted to share from this uh, this event was, and then I'm going to come. So after we look at this, I want I want to come to you, Alex, because I want your kind of take on like what 
you know, you're seeing this from the eyes of somebody who's out been outside. This is not the military. And I'm kind of want to get your take on how you're seeing the information trickle through, especially about specific events and how it's that fog of information. And then, you know, so so be thinking about this while we check out this video. No. So, uh, you know, CNN, speaking of, uh, of Johnny on the spot and quick and having the QRF ready to go, CNN uh, actually. Um, was Johnny on the spot with this uh, story and had a reporter on site, like, you know, it, like within a, within a couple hours. Um, so uh, let's look at this video. I'm not going to share it full screen. If you guys if you guys want to see uh, the a bigger version of this video, uh, go to CNN Twitter, uh, CNN Hasamel uh, on Twitter and you, you find it pretty easily. Um, I, I just don't want to get copy, copy struck, uh, <laughs> like I've, like has happened in the past. So, all right, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to mute him and we're going to do uh, commentary over this. So, I mean, these are some pretty calm looking paratroopers. He says in his, uh, in his little thing here that, um, they're Russian paratroopers and that he's talked to the commander and that they are here to seize the airfield. Uh, and they're not here to hurt civilians or anything like that. So essentially, you know, party line kind of stuff. I mean, uh, now, I mean, do you guys see this as being, I mean, is this the, the, what you would expect from, from paratroopers on the ground seizing, uh, something? I mean, they seem, I don't know, almost like oblivious to, you know, because there's civilians in this area and there's, there's cars going by and things like that. What What do you guys, you know, Ron, what's your take on, on seeing this video? I think they need to go back to NTC for a reset because I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing absolutely zero tactics, uh, any sort of, uh, any sort of plan. I mean, they're, they're grouping together. Um, it, it's, it's, it's disturbing. I, I see no barricades establishing a security perimeter, um, ascertaining who's friendly, who's not, detaining anybody, um, setting up a strong point, a control point of, of for. A, um, I guess he was on a on a road near the airfield. I don't know if it's a an entrance road or right. what, but not setting up any sort of a barricade or anything like that. Um, I, I also want to point out something. I I think we've we've all missed is is so we we saw the. Um, I don't know what what are they called havocs or whatever the uh, the, the fancy new uh, oh yeah the alligator or whatever whatever yeah and and the, and the mi8 yeah, the my, yeah my good old mi8 um, but I didn't see any uh, any frogfoots any uh, su25s or or any any sort of suppression of enemy air defense or any sort of fixed wing uh, close air support on call so whoever the on scene no, commander. I, there was video later of of some of that, but I think it got chased away by Ukrainian by the still operational Ukrainian Air Force that was still uh, over Kiev at this point, and I think it's still over Kiev as we speak. Right, but so what that tells that that then we can extrapolate from that 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 the uh, the Russians were extraordinarily arrogant and they um, they they didn't respect their enemy. Um, they didn't, they didn't, the enemy has a vote and obviously the Ukrainians went to the ballot box and voted pretty strong. So the, uh, so, you know, they, they, they put things out of, out of sequence to, uh, do the airfield seizure and Anatov airfield is, is a huge 
airfield perimeter-wise, uh, the runway length, because it's the home of the Anatov Aircraft Factory, which develops the um, their versions of the of the C5 and and uh, and other sorts of large transport aircraft. So, uh, I mean, it's you know one company. You know, you ain't gonna see shit. Um, <laughs> and I don't care what we what we t- you know how good the Russian paratroopers are. You know what we saw there was complete ineptitude ta- at the tactical level. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. You know, your your uh, your JRPC NTC comment hits close to home. Uh, you know, because you learn a lot of these lessons, and, th- and this is the kind of stuff that you learn through training, right? And so, uh, anyway, so uh, Alex, I want to bring you in. Tell me what sure what you're what you're thinking when you see. So, so this is a great. So, let me just kind of summarize what we just saw. This is a great picture of an ongoing battle in Ukraine with multiple sources, giving us multiple kind of, so we saw the guys coming in uh, over the airfield. We saw the helicopters. Uh, we saw the one helicopter get hit by a man pad. Then we saw the you know BDA on the ground uh, after they had uh, kind of had that hard landing. And uh, then we saw the actual paratroopers on the ground. And now we've got the story after the fact where, uh, they were pushed off the airfield and the airfield was reseized. Now, that being said, as of today, I believe uh, I saw a report uh, about two hours old that there were like over 30 tanks and 30 armored personnel yeah. carriers in, in that same vicinity. So, I mean, it's not like so. I mean, ultimately, what they meant to have, you know, air, airborne guys here and the armored guys roll up. And then that would have made the uh, assault by the armored guys a lot easier. But clearly, they were able to uh, make it happen uh, without that air- airborne assault. So, you know, it just brings to question a lot of what we saw and was it necessary. That being said, so what's your take, you know, seeing this from the outside looking in? Well, most of these reports, we just don't know what's going on on, in, on the ground because, you know, at in the first few hours, we were all saying Mariupol got taken, Odessa got taken, and um, as well in Kiev. You know, mm-hmm. Osmel Airport got taken, or it was, uh, you know, f- the Ukrainian army managed to get it back. I don't think a lot of these reports might come from basically the army taking a little chunk or a particular perimeter. But uh, based on the info, I'm getting like uh, just watching uh, Russian military mercenary community videos and stuff like that. They basically said that they fell back on some positions outside of the airport in the forest somewhere or something similar to that. And but they still right. were in the immediate surroundings of the airport. One of the yeah, things that, remember- that people have commented on is that it was a super dangerous and risky operation. Like that's one thing that everybody commented on. They lost like three helicopters in the um, attack, but it was something ridiculous. That was probably the most risky operation in this entire war. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you're spot on. And, um, you know, I, I just, so the, the funny thing is, is that if you're going to take a risk, it's gotta, there's gotta be enough, you gotta risk enough of your ass to be able to make it work if you're successful. And essentially they were successful. They, they successfully landed the force on the airfield and then they successfully exfilled the uh, attack air after um, uh, after they were on the ground. Um, I saw some videos of uh, 
I saw some videos of the uh, um, uh, uh, of the uh, close air coming in. Clearly, that got. And so, sorry, I, I had I had new audio just pop into my my headphones all of a sudden. Squirrel. Um, and so, so uh, cl so clearly, uh, clearly there was some ability to have success, uh, but they basically, you know, is a lack of follow through, a lack of various things, a lack of operational security. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, when CNN was on the ground going live from that location, they were basically giving uh, full motion video. But instead of operating in a drone, it was it was a little CNN bubble with a camera yeah, that went yeah. live to the world. And, and you know, so, what's the most you know, interesting I, thing um, I just wanted to mention is that the Russians really lack any kind of UAV um, support or like recon. Uh, the Russian doctrine for UAVs is primarily to guide like art field artillery and, you know, launch preparatory attacks. But because there wasn't any kind of like a preparatory fire or anything like that, because probably there was a decision made to not launch any kinds of, uh, of attacks in that nature, they, there wasn't a lot of UAV activity. And a lot of the troop and troop convoys were going into places completely blind, like they were just driving a co convoy along the highway straight into other people's troops because they simply didn't know that they were there. They were just engaging in, you know, massive convoy formations on highways with the Ukrainian uh, yeah. personnel. Well, and as we know, I mean, I, I think you guys all saw that tweet from, I think it was yesterday, and we all tagged uh, Dale, you know, our, our friendly neighborhood A-10 pilot in it. Um, that was showed basically a bumper to bumper, two lanes of bumper to bumper uh, traffic of both combat and logistics vehicles stacked up, you know, over two kilometers long. Uh, and it was just like, what a field day, a, a competent uh, pilot with an A-10 or something like that could have with uh, this formation, you know, no. And, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the, the mistakes that we're seeing on the ground. I mean, you guys see, I mean, they're state, they're sticking to the road. They're not dispersing when they stop. They're not, it doesn't look like they have any kind of uh, security or dismount set up. I mean, so what are you guys seeing in a lot of these, you know, these common threads uh, in some of these videos, just these mistakes. I mean, Ron, you were talking about, uh, you know, some of the stuff we saw in the CNN video, you know, Mike, you, you've mentioned stuff too. So I'm curious a little more general on, on, on the wider videos, not just focused on this air assault. I'd, I'd say, just generally speaking, either a lack of training uh, or a lack of discipline. I mean, that 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 jug fuck that you just showed uh, those guys doing. Yeah, I don't even know. That, did that look like a military operation in any way or did it just look like a bunch of bubbas milling around? It looked like you know, a training event. I mean, give me a I mean, not even training. I mean, if I was an NCO and I I'd someone's ass but either way um you know uh at the very high level general officers maybe these guys have their act together but it's it's quite possible that at the lower levels they have not been well trained and they have not uh <clears throat> certainly not rehearsed um many many little tasks and that's coming from the lens of 
our viewpoint of we know how we do things in the army and we, you know blah 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 so I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm again, it's not blowing my skirt up. I'm not impressed. Uh, this is not the vaunted uh, Russian army that, you know, I, I kind of had in my mind. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this um, gels into, you know, a, a more magnificent operation. It, it just hasn't quite yet from what from the reporting that we're seeing. So. I'm I'm just I'm fascinated with it's a it's a little stalled more so than I thought. I, I guess I can see why when I see these guys, you know, doing what they're doing. Um right, right. It, I was I was looking at some of the like rifle mud as an example, um, some of the comments in, in the chat stuff. Uh, and I, I I've lost it already, but one of the guys said, you know, I thought they'd be up at the sniper, you know, and I pronounce it um <laughs> there, there's a huge cluster of industrial base, you know, at that point on the river. And and that's what I was kind of thinking I would see. I would see a thrust, you know, uh, you know, an arrow going straight toward that industrial base. Um, and I'm, I'm a little, you know, thinking, wow, golly, you know, they, they haven't got there yet. Uh, and, and we haven't segued to the, the broader picture. Um, yeah. Geez, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe all this stuff was their, their their big their big plan was to seize Kiev and everything would fall in line. I, I, you know, who knows? Um, it, it, it's it's just it's interesting to watch. I'm I'm really the next couple days are going to illuminate us as to maybe what is going to unfold. Right. Yeah, you're you're right, Mike, and and um. <clears throat> the uh, yeah, I, I thought the Monty Python sketch at the airfield was was really impressive, um, without the laugh track, or the or the funny British accents. But the the one thing I do know about the Russian army is is they they learn their lessons and they learn them ruthlessly, and um, they will um, and and they will uh, they will take this under advisement and they will they will fix themselves quickly. Um, Otherwise, there's going to there's going to be a lot of uh, field promotions because there's going to be a lot of uh, company and field grades and senior NCOs that are going to be uh, fertilizing fields somewhere because they're incompetent. Um, but let's let's remember a couple of things. One, that every time um, a, an, a, a military goes into combat for the first time in a long time, uh, it's, it makes a lot of mistakes. And it, 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 it has to learn through the spilling of blood and, and, and loss of equipment. Uh, I mean, a Operation Anaconda by us in, in, in uh, early 2002 was a, was a prime example of, of uh, our arrogance towards the, uh, towards the Taliban and the, uh, the Al-Qaeda forces arrayed there. And uh, yeah, it, was, it was an eye-opening, eye despite some of us telling telling the, uh, the, 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 the military commanders uh, what the true situation as best we could ascertain was, was true when a, um, when a, uh, an AH-64 um, came back, barely was able to make it back to Bagram from, from Shaikot, the, the scene of Anaconda, the, um, you know, its tail rotor was severely damaged. It was, it, it was barely flyable. It, it barely made it back. 
And uh, I remember going out and talking to the to the pilot, the CW4, and he said, he said, I, I can't believe it. We were we were taking out a a, a Taliban cave bunker, uh, fixed uh, PKM uh, machine gun uh, place. They they literally had concrete pads and they had the little uh, pedestals and the whole bit built there. And a guy came out of the cave with an RPG. And, you know, with our, my gunner stitched him with the chain gun from crotch to head, split him in half. And the guy just stood there and took it and he shot the RPG and, and we barely made it back. So, <laughs> um, I, but these are lessons learned because there was, there was a lack of respect for the ferocity and the tenacity of the enemy. I think that's what the Russians are learning here that they, uh, they've suddenly like run into somebody that we're, we're not going to be welcomed as liberators. Thank you, Donald Rumsfeld. And um, also, but the other point I want to point out is let's let's talk a little bit about logistics real quick. So the Ukrainians are fighting really tenaciously and hard, but how much longer will they be able to do that? I mean, what what's their ammo supply like? I mean, how many javelins have they expended and, and the British anti-tank weapons that were delivered right. by, the, by the C-17 load? I mean, I haven't seen any reporting at all anywhere um, of... of uh, resupply convoys going over because we know nothing's going in by air. Mm. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that if the Russians see any sort of resupply convoys or, or even an individual vehicle, uh, a semi or, or a, a Jenga truck type vehicle coming across from one of the NATO nations that border Ukraine into, into Ukraine carrying arms or weapons or even suspected arms and weapons for all we know it could be medical supplies. They're, they're going to, I would think they would take it out. So the, you know, the war of attrition, uh, why now the, the Ukrainians are fighting fiercely pretty soon. They're going to be down to, to, uh, to stones, knives and, and Molotov cocktails. So it, I, I just, you know, I, I think the, the, um, there's, there's going to be a, a, a change in the way this war is fought because if it isn't fought, to a victorious conclusion for the Russians, I mean, Putin's out, and he he doesn't like to be out. Um, no, you're. I think you're spot on. I want to bring the chat uh, in on this a little bit. Um, okay, so so you like you 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 called out Rifleman's comment, and he is spot on. I thought the key to seizing an airfield was maximum ferocity and establishing overwhelming dominance early. Not seeing any of this here. Um, let's see, the lack of blowing the, their uh, downed asset in place to deny munitions uh, to the enemy as well. Right. So I mean, it. I mean, it depends on if, if that thing is out in the middle of nowhere, you know, what, what do two pilots have to blow it? I mean, maybe they could throw a grenade in one of these rocket pods or something like that. But even then, that's so freaking dicey. I, I wouldn't want I, I wouldn't want to do something like that. I'd want to just get the hell out of there. You know, I want to get my little machine gun and go uh, find a bush to and then surrender to the first pretty uh, Ukrainian cam girl I could find. Um, so. Uh, speaking with, did you guys hear the anecdote about Russian soldiers trying to hook up with Ukrainian yeah, girls on, on ten, you know, tender? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, hey, gonna... hey, real quick, uh, Scott, just, just to, uh, uh, bring up a question for the audience. Um, so, so the, 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 air, the seizure of Anatov airfield failed in, as part of that, the Russians would have it under positive control and able to utilize it to air land reinforcements, additional personnel and equipment. 
but is the airfield usable or is it is it is it is it totally you know shit well, the bed so so now it is it, now that it's been taken over it's been cratered to the point where i don't think it's usable now that's not to say you couldn't get a, a an engineering unit down mm -hmm. there uh in a, in a hurry and I, I know we have quick you know, setting concrete and things like that that we can use to to quickly and hastily uh repair these airfields and things like that um you know i don't know what the russian capabilities are i would assume that they have the same kind of stuff well they we, do yeah and so they, but I mean, they need they need control of the airfield so if, if if the runway is the is the demarcation line between good guys and bad guys right then, yeah I'm, they, they I'm, need to extend that airhead you know out so that you right. know set up some uh triple a uh and some you know some missile systems to kind of be able to control that airspace before you start trying to send uh reinforcement flights down so i mean you know I, you know it I, if we were on some of these OSINT channels, they'd tell us to shut up and stop giving the Russians idea. Trust me, the Russians know everything and they have clearly they have forgotten everything that we're talking about, you know. Uh, but so I want to bring the uh, the chat into this a little more. Uh, and uh, let's see. So uh, Rome, uh, Romeo says no ISF car coverage for field units or command and control. Yep. I mean, that's the kind of. You know that you know if we had an if we had a ranger company on that airfield, that ranger commander would have access to ISR, uh, you know, like organic ISR assets, and if not, he would have a ground console to be able to see uh, the feed from uh, ISR assets, you know, from higher echelons. So I mean, just we take for granted a lot of the things that we do. And, and there's another thing, right? While I'm not saying the 82nd Airborne and the 101st can't seize airfields because they absolutely can. But the only formation in the United States Army that trains uh, as that as, as part of their medal to seize airfields is are the U.S. Army Rangers. And uh, don't sleep on the Rangers because those guys uh, are a, a special kind of focus of violence, speed, and momentum in the immortal words of, of Dr. Disrespect. Um, so yeah, well, the 82nd also trains, it's one of their metal tasks. Oh, it is. Okay. But, yeah. but it is, but they do, they do it at a higher, they do it at a higher level though. Don't they, they don't, well, no, I mean, they, they do it also at the battalion level. They just don't have all the Gucci uh, Armani gear true. that the Rangers have. They don't have the, the dirt bikes and all that sort of stuff, but you're absolutely correct. The Rangers and, and, and then the um, the eighty second, you know, combat battalions train. That is one of their their metal tasks. Yeah, yeah, Blaine, you're right. Serious lack. Um, let's see. Riflemutt says we've gotten used to seeing operations with full info integration, huge situation awareness. Uh, yeah, so spot on. Exactly what I was telling you. You know, we are so used to these. You know, having uh, ISR assets at our fingertips. Uh, we're we're spoiled for choice, as as the saying goes in uh, in the in the U.S. Army. Um, you know, train offset. <laughs> yeah. So the clearly the the Russians don't have that focus on operational security. I mean, they all have cell phones. They all understand that everybody has access to the internet. But I don't know if they if it's one of those kind of things. If you are having trouble training your soldiers on basic soldier tasks and collective tasks at the company and platoon level. If you're having trouble with that, then you're not focusing on giving them quarterly uh, OPSEC training. And, you know, I, I guarantee those those soldiers that we saw in that CNN video have not received their diversity, inclusion, 
training uh, for this quarter. Um, and I, I frankly, I think we should all file a sharp violation against them because uh, I feel aggressed uh, by their, uh, you know, uncaring stare. And I think that maybe uh, due to vodka, Phil Hayes a little bit as well. But what do I know? Them bastards. Uh, well, yeah, I, they thought they were on a training event, Ron. You know, it's <laughs> they didn't realize they were actually in Ukraine. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think they, whoever their squad leader, fire team leader was, their their platoon leader, company commander, I mean, they they were they were totally dorked up. Yeah. Hey, I want to I want to introduce uh, uh, a, a a recent buddy of mine. Uh, we've been chatting on Twitter for a long time, and the other night I was able to come on his his show, and uh, I think it, you know he's uh, one of the. Uh, big reasons we've had a little bit of growth in the channel here lately, um, in addition to all the Ukraine stuff, clearly. But uh, I, how are you doing, man? Good. I, I heard you guys talking about lawsuits and cam girls. So I had to, of course, I had to show up for that. that that's, that's exactly right. You know, <laughs> all hail. The, the, I mean, he's he's over here in Korea with me. And apparently he is uh, he is the master of the uh, Asian cam girl. So, yes, uh, yes, yes. Thank you. So, so I, I want to bring you in on this. I mean, I know you, you don't have a long to stick around. By the way, let me plug your channel. It's uh, Lingual Mindset on uh on YouTube, yeah, you what talk pretty you, you, legal and culture and yeah, because yeah, right, I feel it all comes together. And thank you guys, by the way, thank you for having me on, uh, Scott, and, and thank you to Scott and and all of you guys because you guys lend your information to Scott, and Scott brings it over to my channel and shares it with my viewers. So thank you to all you guys for for giving your expertise because um, my a lot of other people they cover law and they just cover hey here's the case here's you know what's going on. But I like to think of things holistically because it all comes together. It's all going to end up affecting us in many different ways, whether it's, you know, higher level policy or things that are getting implemented all the way down to the individual basis. Um, so I think there's going to be huge ramifications out of this, huge legal changes, regulatory changes, lots of things. And I think that um, Scott did a great job of presenting that in a way that everyone could understand. And for people who are not military, like me, uh, to understand and help get our brains wrapped around this. Well, what, you know, there's going to be an interesting intersection of some of that stuff uh, that I'm going to, you know, next, I, I think we're going to do it again uh, this evening or morning yes. time in the States. Uh, morning so in the another. States, evening for us, uh, people who are defending, uh, defending the South Korean border here. We got the, ready, the, ready for the, the, North uh, Koreans, the, right? la the land of the morning calm against the uh, malignant North to the North. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight is going to be, and I'm going to send you a link on this, so you're sure. prepped, is uh, the in interjection of the Ukrainian war and and blame setting uh, in the Korean presidential debate. I don't know, I don't know if you've uh, seen the headlines on this, but it's, I have it's not. But I have, I have. All I can say is I I deal with what people are telling me and driving around in cabs because I've been looking for um, new apartment here. And I've had my one of my realtors, I have two, you know, kind of pitting them against each other. And um, and some cab drivers have mentioned that they're now suddenly worried about they're suddenly worried about things where they weren't really worried before. Um, I've never really heard anybody worried about sort of geopolitics in a sense, but all of a sudden they're worried. So it's very right. Very right. That, no, that's spot on. Uh, so I want to I want to kind of get through the chat. Uh, sure. Yeah. I've got. I've got another thing that I want to uh, to show, and I'm glad you showed up because uh, I want to get your take on it as well, because it could be ripped right from the streets of L.A. 
Uh, okay, so it took us uh, took the U.S. three weeks to get to take Baghdad. Russia is in Kiev in two days. Well, I'm okay. So the Russians are better than us, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, uh, just join. Don't see the Ukraines using cover or barricades. Saw a bunch of guys. Pro yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so, so we're seeing deficiency as the basic soldier level. Um, I'm sure that if you had that many dudes around, there's a leader in there somewhere and that leader is not doing his job. Either that or they're just so frazzled that they are overlooking the basics. And that's when soldier training goes, you know, I mean, Ron, uh, Mike, you guys back me up on this. I mean, that leader can't be everywhere at once. And the idea is, is that he needs to be able to turn his back and know his soldiers have kind of got their lane and got their peace. Uh, until he gets back, right? I mean, yeah, man. yeah but they, they, they've all failed squad live fires. Uh, you know, go back to garrison and do push ups until I tell you to stop, right? Retraining, retraining around. I had a question uh, on this is, that I thought yeah. about is, is it could they be because I totally agree with you guys, everything I've seen, way too casual interactions. Could it be that they assume that, that because especially in the um, portion that's bordering Russia, there's a significant Russian population that maybe they assumed a friendlier greeting or, you know, some sort of, you know, more positive interaction, what greeting them as liberators, you know what you might say? Right up there with Donald Rumsfeld, we're going to be greeted as liberators when we go into Baghdad. Yeah. Nice to see another fan of uh, Nick Ricada's in the uh, chat. Let me, let me just give you guys one of the best subscriptions you can do on YouTube is to subscribe to uh, uh, Nick Ricada's, I think, you know, he, on Twitter, he's Ricada Media. Um, he's a he's another legal show. There's this whole kind of web of law tube, law tube. that really, yeah, that really sprung up, especially out of the, uh, the kind of uh, the Rittenhouse coverage. And that's where I actually became aware of, of uh, legal mindset here. And so, uh, you know, definitely Nick Ricada is the, the one of the funniest YouTube channels going. Uh, and if you and if and I'm just going to drop this for the chat, if you guys go to Nick's channel, find there was he he just did an episode where they talked about war, but he did it with a guy named Drex uh, Drexel, and Drexel is is probably the best part of uh, Nick's channel. Um, I think Drex has actually got his own channel now, but. Uh, all right. So here I want to move on to the next thing. And so this is this is another kind of big question mark. Right. Um, so we're going to talk about the topic of uh, SPF in. Um, all right, chat. I, I, I don't I'm not going to be able to catch up to all this stuff. So uh, starting here, I want to try to integrate you guys in uh, to this conversation as we go. Uh, but I'm going to talk the SPF in, in Kiev. So these guys were just outside of Kiev, but. Uh, inside Kiev, there were either uh, sleeper kind of units, or um, I, or I'll be honest with you, I just don't, I don't I'm not sure what they were. Um, they could have been uh, Spetsnaz, but it doesn't seem like they're Spetsnaz to me. So let's watch this video and just kind of feel free to live comment, guys, as you uh, as you see this and uh, and. And if, if it looks a lot like a, uh, a police car chase gone wrong, you're probably not far off. All right. So this is uh, there's gunfire um, and then see this truck coming down the road here. Just misses that car. I mean, clearly he's just like, you know, clearly too much vodka. I forgot to make that turn. Probably probably because he got 
he got Mert down the way, and he's he's a dead man driving at that point probably, and it's all all he could do to. I'm surprised he didn't stop that truck. And then this guy flops out, and then there's gunfire. Oh shit! I'm not playing the audio. Yeah, no, I was I was enjoying the uh, vaudeville version, but and clearly he's 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 receiving rounds. Um, this guy right here behind the van is shooting at it into the cab. Oh, where'd that guy come from? He just popped out from behind the van. Yeah, look, I'll rewind it. So, so, yeah, so he he's he's there all along. It looks like. Here, no. Oh, there. Yeah. So, yes. Yes. This guy's got the most annoying ringer. So this has got a, uh, a ZSU-23 anti-aircraft gun in the back. So is that a Russian vehicle or a Ukrainian vehicle or, or somebody's technical? So, so evidently, this is a Russian. This is a Ukrainian vehicle that was captured, um, and and the guys in it have Ukrainian uniforms on, but they were doing mischief, you know, you know throughout the center uh, and uh, of yeah. And so that guy, he was taking rounds the whole time, but he's pretty much he, he, he's, he's DOA at this point. Well, you know, you know, to uh, I'm my comment would be, and and Mike, please correct me if I'm totally cattywampus here, is um, that I mean, what we're seeing here is the confusion of urban combat. You're really not quite sure where oh. where the where, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys miss yeah. that one? <laughs> my my driver's ed test, I failed. So, so this is this is this is an anti aircraft. Uh, it's a SA twelve Gommel, I think. Um, yeah. Based on the, and then he just wham. Um, Wait, was and, that car moving? Yes, it was yeah. driving down the road. Holy yeah, but the, shit. but but the cab where the driver's in on the SA twelve vehicle is not, is not armored. So I mean he. He could have taken her head round. So well, so he, so I, I, he, no, so he, he stops there, but then he drives off. The most oh, shocking okay. thing is the guy in that car lives, and there's video of residents coming down and freeing him from the car. The guy in the car Holy is shit. alive. That's insane because that, it yeah. looked like that that car was flat. Yeah, so. I. I might feel, be, be able to find. Actually, somebody in the chat, if you if you can send me a link uh, in the in the DMs, in, uh, in my Twitter DMs to that video where they free the guy from the car, I'll show that next. But I think, but yeah, but I, I get all that. That's all humorous and, and human interest story. But you know, it, it shows that urban combat is extraordinarily confusing, mm -hmm. uh, because you're never quite sure where your friendlies are, where your friendly lines are. I mean, you know, it's. It's remarkably uh, destructive and confusing, and uh, which is why it's confused. And because it's so confusing, is why it's so destructive. Because you know, if you're not sure, you're just going to blow the shit out of whatever's in front of you and beside you. So, uh, you know, this is, you know, I'd like to mention as well. Um, this was a problem in Chechnya too. 
So there's so many different forces inside of Kiev right now, for example, like National Guard battalions, territorial defense battalions, police special forces, military, all kinds of military units of different branches. Right. Right. None of them have comms between each other. It's generally, you know, they're basically probably most likely shooting at each other. And this was a problem in Chechnya and uh, other places, too. Like it's, it's it's a it's a continuous problem throughout warfare not not just uh, limited to the to the eurasian landmass i mean it you know friendly fire blue on blue is you know it, it happens all the time and yeah so uh so romeo spot on this was a uh sabotage unit uh you know we you know we call them especially uh, for planning purposes here in Korea and other places I've been, we call them SPF, which is Special Purpose Forces. You know, it, it's a mixture of kind of undercover, uh, but also uh, uh, SOG. Look who's in the chat, Mister Mister Joe. Joe, get I sent you a link, brother. Get on in here, man. Uh, we're we're severely lacking without your wisdom. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, hey, yeah, watcher. If you if you've got uh, links to the other videos around this event, uh, dro drop them in my DMs and uh, and I'll I'll play the videos. So I want to uh, I want to uh, kind of go through this and let's talk about what this could be. Um, you know, as far as what's the use of this kind of tactic? Because you know, I think there's there's an obvious like uh, you know use for uh, disruption behind enemy lines you know to kind of pull resources away to just uh, institute that kind of question of insecurity and all that kind of stuff um, so clearly there's that but you know does this seem effective to you I mean they they steal they've got Russia they've got Ukrainian uniforms they got Ukrainian vehicles um, so clearly they are were prepared. Um, you know, what do you guys, what do you guys think of what we saw in this? And, um, and do you think that this type of, uh, of tactic is effective? Oh, it's extraordinarily effective. Uh, you start throwing confusion, you know, you don't know who to trust. You, you, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you've totally destroyed your, the, your overall larger unit integrity, your, your defensive integrity. I, I I mean, it's it's proven throughout history, and yeah, I, I I can see that, and I think every one of these so-called SPF. I thought you were talking about my suntan lotion, but I think SPF, the SPF level of these guys is pretty low. Go ahead. Pretty low, yeah. Well, you know, we don't we don't need no, no ultraviolet protection. That's 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 for you know other people. Um, that's for the woke woke crowd. But the um, I, but I'm, you know, these guys realize they, they have a, I don't want to say a suicide mission because no unit wants to believe they have a suicide mission unless they're, that's a kamikaze unit. But I, I think they know they have a high risk of capture or death. And, uh, but their effectiveness is exponentially greater than who they are. So if they're wearing Ukrainian uniforms and they're driving through and, so, you know, the other Ukrainian uniforms is Alex, uh, uh, said you know all these different you know organizations and units and they have no cross comms between one another i mean it yeah i mean the russians just like well hell i'll just sit here and wait for you guys to all shoot each other and do the circular yeah. firing squad i'd have to i'd have to uh disagree with the queens altogether because 
that's clearly some kind of a defense unit with the SA-6, uh, you know, anti-aircraft launchers. It's most yeah. likely, for example, also you could, you could let's say that the uh, troops dismounted off the trucks and out of the armored personnel carriers and engaged those people shooting at them. If those people shoot, those people shooting at them, uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever could be declared the saboteurs in this case. I just think this is a uh, just confused, like fire, friendly fire. Well, for either, whether it's friendly fire or, or a, 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 an SPF unit, soldiers talk and rumors fly. And for some reason, you know, Absolutely. jungle jungle drums uh, go across units and, and they, they uh, you know, so it's all across. So the people will hear rumors um, and, and warriors since day one back in the day have, have they've heard rumors. So the, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference because the guys are going to say, hey, I heard from a guy who's who's married to a sister of a guy. And, you know, this is what's going on. And, hey, here comes somebody. Hey, he's not from 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 our you know little particular platoon or unit, you know, open fire, <laughs> kill him dead. And it, it just it just it, it it just cascades downward that way. Yeah. So, I mean, just the, the fog of war, you know, this kind of stuff happens, you know, let's assume, let's, let's say they're not, uh, uh, you know, they're not, okay. I've actually, I found the kind of on the ground after it's, so it's not, it's not super graphic, but I mean, there's basically guys laying on the ground. So, uh, just FYI for what I'm getting ready to show you guys. Uh, let me, let me, uh, Joe, welcome Joe. Were, if, hey, what's happening? I literally, going, sorry. Just, I, I literally just walked the door because, as you might not have guessed, um, the private protection business has gone a little bit haywire this week. So. <laughs> I can imagine. War, <laughs> war is good war. business, my friend. It is. Legal might say, what were you, you going to say? Um, I completely forgot. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Joe, good to see you. Good to meet you. Hey, man. What's going on? Uh, um, okay, okay, so I'm so we're gonna look at the real quick the uh, aftermath of, of this. Uh, you know, I, I hate so I, I continue to say this as a soldier, as much as I am pro Ukraine, when I see these soldiers, whether there's the soldiers on the ground, uh, those air assault guys, uh, or it's the pilots in the helicopters, or it's these poor FPS guys that are just running around like chickens with their head cut off, causing trouble in uh, in Kiev. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I always have a soft spot in my heart uh, for for what they go through and, and what ends up happening to them because, um, you know, in the end of the day, they're just dudes, right? And a lot of them, you know, think they're doing the right thing, even though they're 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 messed up. So, um, so that's one guy. Uh, and then this is this is that truck, you know, that we saw with the uh, ZSU on the back. Um, this is that guy who flopped out of the back and. You know, clearly he flopped out and he didn't get in. He didn't get any further. So, so, uh, I, have so. A, I have a question here because this might this might help me and maybe anybody who doesn't know might be tuning and doesn't know. So with SPF, are there different sort of rules of engagement and sort of rules with dealing with them versus regular um, combat troops? Because I, I, you know, I believe there would be, but just thinking thinking out loud here and yeah, referring to you actually, guys as the expert. Actually, Joe, Joe, you're probably a good one to to talk that. Yeah, as so, a former MP. Technically, they would fall under the minute they changed out of their uniforms and into enemy uniforms, they would be classified as spies. And um, 
they can be subject to summary execution. I mean, you could kill them on the spot. Um, you don't have to treat them as regular prisoners. Uh, they're technically an unlawful combatant at that point. So, okay, yeah, that's that's a big deal. It is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, and so if, theoretically, um, if your unit captures a guy like that, you could you know you could pull the old you know gun out and 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 ace him right there and be within your uh, rights to do so. But most of the time. Hire wants you to capture them and then in yeah, question. We'd rather have that guy than not. Yeah, we'd rather have right, a yeah, right. Hey, um, legal mindset. This is why we don't like lawyers anywhere within the front lines because <laughs> you guys, you guys really, you guys really harsh our buzz, man. That's I mean, exactly. Right. <laughs> you take all the well, fun. Look, look well, look, look. No, you know, joking. All joking aside, and, and mm -hmm. it, it's not fun. Trust me. Killing another human no. being is absolutely the worst thing in the world. Um, whether yeah. he's even shooting back at you or anything like that, but but the law of land warfare is a wonderful thing that you go to class and you learn all about, and mm -hmm. you do that. And I, I get all that, but you know, when a dude's coming at you barreling down the road or he's shooting at you, mm -hmm. you know, you really don't have time to figure it out. And and you know, all of us here are 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 very we're we're, we're experienced, we're senior, we're we're highly educated, we we're mature. But you're talking to an 18 year old private, whether it's in our army, or the Ukrainian army, or the Russian army, and you know, he's got you know basic training skills. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's got that immaturity of all that. And, you know, it, it's, it's, a, you know, to use the F-bomb, it's a fucked up situation. Yep. You know, so cool. it's, I, I get all, I get all that. But, you know, it, it's, it's hard sometimes to rein in control when, when, when shit's happening and, you know, bullets are flying. It's not like, hey, guys, time out. The ref is called an audible. So, <laughs> yeah. I agree with that 100%. The, the problem I had last night and that everyone castigated me for was uh, sticking cameras in the face of prisoners of war and, yeah. and having news crews interviewing them. That's that, that's a violation. That's not cool. That that 18-year-old kid that we just talked about, he didn't even want to be there. He, he, he didn't choose to go there. And we should, uh, we should be the ones sticking to our honor, and, and the Ukrainians should be too, and not parading these kids around on TV who get captured. That's well, all well, I'm yeah. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you, Joe. You know, um, but it's when you when you're fighting for your homeland and you're fighting for your country's freedom, you know, you you know the rules kind of go out the window. I'm I'm and I'm I'm just trying to understand the, the about that. So yeah, you're right. I mean, the human that, psychology of this is like you know I I, I, I get all that, but I'm going to compartmentalize this and I'm going to I'm going to fuck these guys up. So. Mm -hmm. And and of course, hey, legal mindset. I, I I hope you're I hope you're registered. To, you know, you're, you're you're you've passed the bar with the Supreme Court because I'm going to need your help later. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it, it, I've been covering a lot of issues, including I was covering the um, the issue, and I got a lot of uh, thanks from a lot of folks in the armed forces when I was covering the um, the challenge that the SEALs brought um, to the mandate requirement. That was something that I, I was really pleased to get a lot of feedback from. But I've got to bounce here, guys. But one thing I wanted to say, just to your point, Ron, and, and as well as Joe, first of all, thank you. The reason why I'm here and the reason why I want to come speak to you guys is I, on my channel, always talk about here's the law, here's the way things should happen, now here's reality, right? And I was corporate counsel, so when I talk about stuff like, hey, here's what businesses are supposed to do. Here's the shit they really do. And that's <laughs> yeah. why I like coming on your channels to hear, here's real shit. Here's what is really going down. 
This is what right. is really happening. Here's what you're supposed to do. But guess what? The Russians are still, you know, Scott, I think you talked about like limited use of gas. Uh, I've seen mm -hmm. things on cluster munitions. Here's how you're dealing with SPF, like, you know, or whatever. Here's how they're dealing with things in general. Here's how it's really happening versus, hey, in, in, a, in a perfect world where, you know, everybody is watching and observing and we've got our little play set out. This is how it goes. But that's not reality. Like you said, 18 year olds, you know, that's that shits out the window. Uh, I think the quote was, um, was it no plan survives first contact with the enemy? Right. That's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all out the window. So, um, hey, so thank you guys. Hey, I, I've got to bounce, but, but seriously though, thank you. And Scott, I will catch you later tonight. Yeah, ab morning, absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. But thanks guys. See ya. Always good to have a different, uh, point of view here on the council. Um, okay. So more on this. Uh, so, uh, uh, Romeo in the chat has, kindly has feeding me videos, so I've got more videos from him now than than I know what to do with. So this is the this. So after that uh, that SA twelve or whatever, um, after that SA twelve ran over that car, this is that car, and you know it drives off, and this is uh, the recovery of that guy. So let's let's watch this, and uh, yeah, like I said, feel free to to jump in anywhere on this, guys. I mean, hey, no stuff. different when the horse in Canada ran over the lady. Yeah. <laughs> I think oh, it's geez. a little different. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on, it's humor. It's it's it's, it's gallows humor, humor in, 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 in a combat situation. It's not humorous at all. I'm sorry? Hey, the lady getting ran over by the horse was not humorous. No. At all. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's just one example of uh, of of a of a good uh, uh, you know a good result here. Um, I, I wanted to also share uh, so so this is a, just an example of of another kind of tableau from different um, uh, points of view. Uh, these are these different uh, uh, you know uh, sources putting together the these the pictures of what's going on. Uh, in the country. And so the the kind of the last thing I want to talk about, and we can kind of zoom out a little bit from this and talk, you know, what the what the hell the Russians are thinking uh, and the capabilities they're not using and things like this. Um, and so let me go back to the uh, the video I originally had uh, shared. So bear with me. Um, to some of these, some of these big channels, like literally, have a person that that does nothing but producing, and and, and seeing as how how it works on this, it, it totally makes sense to me. All right, go back to the. All right, so we are all aware of the traffic cameras that we've been getting all this great information on. This one is happens to be near Kherson. Uh, you know, kind of southern, and you know, we've seen these huge convoys of uh, BMPs and everything like that going past. And from what I understand, e even some of these have been communicated via the OSINT community to the U Ukrainian armed forces. Uh, and effects were made on uh, troop concentrations based on uh, spotters on uh, OSINT spotters, right? And so. You know, we're we're all very aware of the vaunted uh, electronic warfare capabilities of the United, of uh, the of uh, the Russian army, 
uh, and also uh, their cyber uh, abilities uh, within the greater uh, Russian intelligence community. Yet this is how they deal with traffic cameras. And let me get this going. This is how they deal with it. Yes. Da, point it down towards the ground and you cannot show our vehicles anymore. <laughs> oh my God, classic. Yeah, but isn't that just a guy on the pole? It's a guy that Literally. climbed the yeah. pole and just pushed the camera towards the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the simplest solution is the best solution. Well, but the, the fact that they had, I mean, this is, you know, so this is on the 25th that they did, that they did this. You know, so this is after it's been, you know, uh, live streaming their their troop positions uh, for for the last two days. So the fact that they're that they didn't identify this ahead of time and that they weren't able to, you know, send that, you know, oh, we identified it, uh, you know, send the kill code via our hackers um, and then the, doing it on the other side of the poll. Yep. I mean, so. So this just tells me that, like, they're not up. On, they're not on their game the way they should be. Um, you know, I, I would expect more uh, from, you know, from them. Uh, and well, I think dude. I think your expectations are way too high. I mean, again, I, yeah. go, I go back to my point at the beginning of, of, our, of your show, Scott, is that they're, they're learning and they're, they're growing and they, uh, the, you know, they, they're like figuring out where their mistakes are. And so they, they suddenly realize somebody else up in higher echelons is, hey, you guys realize there's a traffic cam showing your troop movements and your troop yeah. dispositions and things like yeah. that? And they go, oh, shit. So, you know, it's, it's being rewritten in and, and integrated into their SOP. So, I mean, they're figuring it out. I mean, we're, yeah, we're so three, day, we're I, three I, days I, in. I think the other point is, I mean, the guys that can do, you know, hackers – that can do this kind of work. You know, it's, it's a simple task for someone to write a script to, to, you know, move the camera, but those guys are doing some other work and yeah, they only, right. and, and they only have so many, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, it's, so it, it, you've got to kind of do some, make some adjustments. I have no doubt that there's some Russian Bubba that can uh, slew that camera, you know, from the other side of the world. It's just that he's, he's working on, hacking into our banks or something at this point. So, you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of on the fly. Uh, it, it, to me, it, 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 at least on the, on the positive side for them, they're cognizant that, Hey, you know, for OPSEC, uh, there's all these live stream cameras all over the place. We need to turn off somehow. Um, so, I mean, it's, that's, you know, trying to be positive, I guess. For yeah, it's like that movie Evolution, except the military version of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta say, these people died committed to what doing their duty. So I'm sure you're talking about the SPF guys. We need to be uh, better uh, when this is happening at home. We need rage at the moment, not the individual person. I, I think as well in the West, like. Uh, Westerners really don't understand how messy this uh, whole volunteer battalion thing really is in Ukraine because basically there's so many of them and they, you know, they just do whatever they want. Even, um, you know, they're given special like leeway in certain areas. They do borderline illegal activity here and there. It's the main, it's one of the primary reasons there's even this war in the first place. And uh, like, I, I really highly doubt those are any kind of Russian forces. I just think this is a, uh, 
basic ass Twitter kind of, you know, reframing of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Russians that... do it too, you know, when they fuck up. Yeah. No, I mean, spot on, man. Um, I, you know, I, I think we're, I think we're learning a lot here. Um, and, and, and to your point, uh, I think you're right. Sometimes this, uh, I, I think that was, I, I think it was Ron that was saying this. Um, you know, sometimes the easiest way to handle a, a traffic camera is not to, you know, take an exquisite asset like a KGB hacker or something like that to to kill the camera. Maybe the best thing is just to to you know, maybe you don't care about the first twenty four hours. Maybe that's part of your plan. Maybe you want people to see the you know unstoppable might of the Russian army coming in, and then you know, and you note where all those things are, and then you send a commo team around to go and basically either snip the cables or just turn the camera down. So it's not showing anything. So, sure. I mean, you know, it's impossible for us to know exactly uh, what's going through their heads. Um, you know, it's all part of my plan. Maybe, you know, who knows? I, I tend to think that that's not the case. I think it's, you know, like you said, they're learning. It's they are they're human and they're fallible yeah. and they're learning as they go. And this is a highly stressful situation where, I mean, you guys know how it is. It's like you got a thousand things to do in combat and you only have time for a hundred of them. And so yeah. you, if you, if you don't pick the right hundred, you may, you, you may die, but you, you know, you may not either. So that's one of those kind of uh, luck of the draw type of deals. So, all right. Hey, I got to wind this down. I got family commitments. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we kind of did a, a catch up day. Um, we're going to do the regular show tomorrow at the same time, 7 uh, p.m. EST. Um, and so I look forward to that. I'm going to be on Lingo Mindset show tonight, Korea time morning uh, in the States. I'll make sure I tweet that link out. Um, and I'm going to I'm probably going to try to do uh, a, maybe a Twitter space as well. Uh, in the a.m. Sunday a.m. Uh, uh, stateside, uh, because I think we did that Twitter space. It was very cool. And we were able to get a lot of new people. Um, a lot of them are in the chat. Rifle Mutt's there. Um, uh, Romeo's there. A lot of new voices that we got to hear from. Uh, really great uh, professionals uh, were able to jump in that Twitter space and kind of just uh, share some stuff. We had you know, we had Ron and a couple other guys from the uh, council in there. Uh, I think that was a good time. And uh, and so it's just a different way for us to continue to this exact same conversation that we do on YouTube. Um, and we don't have to pretty up our face and make sure our, our hats are on straight uh, when, when we're on the Twitter space. That's one of the nice oh, God, things. I what, you're, you're, you're killing my sleep cycle, dude. We have we have competing sides of the uh, the mo the strongest alliance in the world, right? That's what they that's what that's what they like to message here. In, in hey, Korea, I, I, I told you about about the council of of, of of future conflict swag. So I'm I'm just gonna leave it there. I, hey, I've already I've, I'm already thinking about it. Uh, you know, uh, we got uh, our resident, uh, 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 you know, sapper spy, the resident uh, graphic designer. Uh, I need to reach out to him to to talk about uh, what we can do to make that happen. Uh, dude, so, I merge prepress, so you can hit me up if you want anything. No, no, de definitely, uh, definitely, I'll hit you up then because I don't know shit about that stuff. Uh, if it doesn't have anything to do with the comic book I make, then then I don't I don't really know much about it when it comes to business stuff. 
you know, that's the downside of working for Uncle Sammy for so long is like you don't have to worry about uh, being profitable. You just have to worry about being, you know, on time and in the right uniform. Uh, OK, so uh, so so we're going to call it. I appreciate you, everybody uh, coming. I appreciate the chat. Um, you know, I, I'm seeing some new, uh, some new, uh, uh, uh faces, uh, in uh, our names in the chat. So I'm looking forward to kind of continuing to grow this community. Um, you know, th this is one of the positive things that can come out of this negative event with this war. Nobody likes war, but it's fascinating to, to see both the successes and failures of both sides, uh, and to kind of, uh, learn what we can. So, uh, yep. Watcher I see it was a good time. He was, he was instrumental the other day. Uh, really Johnny on the spot with a lot of great information during the space the other day. So, uh, all right. For, so I'm going to go ahead and call it, uh, thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll, see you, we'll see you next time.